0: Wow, guys, this week, you are in for such a treat. So my guest this week is Jamili Whitfield. She's a licensed clinical social worker with over 15 years of experience in treating children, adolescents, women, and families in the areas of complex trauma immigration, sexual abuse, sexual exploitation, abuse, neglect, intimate partner violence, anxiety, depression, and a host of other experiences. So Jamili used her expertise in the social work field to launch her podcast, Beauteous Me, and that's how we met. I invited her on to the show because I wanted to talk about this topic of bringing our past traumas into our marriage. I recognize that a lot of us hold on to traumas that happen uh, to us as children or before, and we we bring those into our marriage. So I also recognize that I am not an expert on trauma, and that's okay. So that's why I brought Jimeli on here, who is an expert on trauma, to talk to us about this topic. This goes right into Jimeli and I just belly laughing, having a great conversation. It was a really easy flow of conversation. But I will warn you, though, there is a lot of sensitive things that are talking. we're talking about because we are discussing trauma. The other thing is, uh, during a lot of this episode, I was actually mentally processing, I had to pause several times really just to kind of think through all the nuggets and information that she was giving me. So you'll hear me interject every now and then a little bit of a couple of clarifying statements. And I think that really helps for the episode to move along. But I know that you will be blessed by this conversation. Maybe you don't argue that often, but since you barely connect anymore, you've started to give up hope of ever being happily married again. You might have contemplated or even fantasized about what it would be like to leave. Maybe you're telling yourself that you're just sticking it out for the kids. If this is you, I've been there. My story is your story. I want to help you heal and reignite your marriage while still believing in the promise God gave you. I want you to stay with me, learn from me, internalize the grace, guidance and interviews so that you can become the gracefield wife. You can learn more and connect with me directly on Instagram at the gracefield wife. Now let's dig in to today's show. So, it was important to me to put something out that's real. You know what I mean? That's like No, 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 no. We we got our share of problems, you know, where I could be like, oh, we just fought yesterday or, you know, this morning we have our share of problems, but the journey, it, you know, and making people feel like that's okay. That's normal. You know, you're normal. And the journey is in bouncing back because before the time where he walked out, like my goal is to not have women get to the point of their husband walking out or, or them wanting to walk out. Before they start working on their marriage, because in some cases, and for, unfortunately for a lot of women that I've spoken to at that point it's too late. And so I don't, I don't, I want to get to them before it's too late. Like, no, no, let's start working on this now. And yes, it's hard and it's messy and it sucks and nobody wants to do it. But it, if you want to, if you want to bring your marriage to a good place, like it's going to take years of work. So that's really where the vision was for that. So it's exciting.
1: Yeah, you hear me as a hype man. Yes, <laughs> work. yes, years
0: work, <laughs> which is the hype man in the back. yes. <laughs> but it, you know, going back to the reason why I I brought you on the show is because one of the things, and maybe you know, I speak from we speak from like a Latina perspective, so culturally, where we're raised and. A lot of times the man is it's machismo and like you know our moms are home and she's taking care of us and whatever and so like I know for me my mother raised me to be like no you don't you don't wait for a man you don't you do your own thing you know whatever you make sure that you take care of your own and which is in a sense it's a good thing
1: did your mom tell you to have a secret bank account like my mama (laughs)
0: Did she know
1: it's, it's
0: <laughs> she didn't, but she also didn't have to, you know what I mean? It was more of like, you want a nice life, make, make, make your own money. Yes. You know what I mean? It was just like, okay. And so, you know, and then there's other traumas which don't necessarily have to do with that background where I, so many women I know have, you know, suffered from abuse sexual abuse sexual trauma or you know whereas in you know our case like we were just beaten as children you know but I'm from a generation where that was normal. I'm probably not a- I'm finding the
1: chancla culture was normal right just the truth. right
0: and but I'm finding out more as I as I share my story more and and really when I share this it's more in private Sect- sectors that, like my chunk last story, was like a little extra, you know, where people were like, "Yeah, no, no, that was ex-. like, yeah, no, that was extra."
1: Nila on rice,
0: Neil on rice. Oh my god, my husband was like, "Babe, Nila on right? who does that?" And and he's he's Ecuadorian. I was like, "Oh, you don't know my mother," and it's like she's not. She's so far from that now, right? Because she's completely like redeemed totally different woman of God now and my husband it looks like, do
1: that to your kids at all oh no never oh, never, fuck, like read
0: never. Oh. and she's such an amazing like <laughs> you know nana now but she was a teenage mom and she raised me to do the best that she knew how but what happens is as adults now we wake we grow up bringing all this like this baggage into our relationships, you know, or, or, you know, because of that, then in high school, like I allowed myself to be in, you know, relationships with boyfriends where they were abusive, they were all kinds of things happen. And so now I have all these triggers, like for a while, you know, my husband had this thing where he would like hold my arm and it would give like, you know, just to be like, hey, babe. And it would just like make me flinch, like give me reminders of an ex-boyfriend who used to grab me and shake me around. You know what I mean? And I'd be like, don't do that. And he'd be like, what? You know, and I know he would never hurt me, mm-hmm. but he would be like, I don't like, but what? You know, and I had to be like, just. So I recognized once I got to this point in the interview that I was stumbling my way through a memory and a description of a trauma trigger for me. Something that I knew had nothing to do with my husband, but that I was projecting on him and I was really transferring uh, things that hurt me and upset me and scared me almost onto my husband. And I knew that it wasn't for him. It wasn't a burden that he was meant to carry, but I was almost having him carry that burden. So as I go through this realization and I am fumbling my way through the question for Jamili, which ultimately ended up being, how do we identify these triggers so that we are not then blaming our spouse for the action? So essentially, we're just looking to give grace to our husbands and want to know how do I know the difference between some of his misdeeds Or really something that is simply just a trigger from a past trauma in childhood? And this was Jamili's answer. So
1: I'm going to rewind it before I get to the question. I think it's important for um, your listeners to understand what intergenerational trauma is. Intergenerational trauma is passed on generation to generation to generation of your DNA. So how your abuela was, how your abuela's abuela was, how your abuela, 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 and grandma, grandpa, grandpa, all the way down to your mom, all the way down to you, all the way down to your kids. We start seeing traumas. We start seeing hysteria because you know what the Latino culture is the hysteria. Hi, Dios mio, and this. We start looking at the hysteria. We look at some of depression, anxiety, um, sexual abuse, trauma, substance abuse, et cetera. Things that get passed on generation to generation. So... um, In the Bible, it's more called generational curses, right? So we pray on generational curses. We got to pray upon it. We got to rebuke it, fast on it, et cetera. It's generational trauma. So the curses is the trauma that has continued to pass on through your ancestors for hundreds of years through your genetic makeup. And we don't think about that. We we look at our immediate family and we look at the, the context of your immediate family. So you look at, okay, well, grandma did this, grandpa did this. There's some substance abuse here, but I did better. But you bring, so maybe you're not a substance abuser, but maybe you're bringing some of that anxiety. Maybe in your parenting style, you still have Chankla culture. You still have some of these other things that were embedded and rooted from their generations and generations and generations. And so when we have those traumas, and then on top of that, we experience, because right, it's internal, it's in our body, when we feel it, it's in our DNA. When something traumatic happens to us, there's a snap in our, in, in, in our brain. And so for you and sharing, and thank you for being vulnerable and sharing your story about, you know, an ex-boyfriend shaking you, et cetera, you know, I've shared and I've been very vulnerable in, in my podcast about my sexual abuse and trauma and my being in relationships, but that's passed on to me from generation to generation, what I didn't receive at home. So when we look at the connections first that a child has with an adult, that's integral. That is so important. So we think about our parenting and how we show up for our kids is how our kids are going to show up in the world. Mm -hmm. So I love how you said, I understand my mom went through things because the first part of that is healing that and understanding that we've made mistakes and understanding that um, your ancestors made mistakes, your genes have made mistakes. It's in there, but you're willing to work on it. So when you come into a relationship, it's important for you to work on you. It's not his business. It's not her business to work on you. It's your business. It's your trauma. It's what you've experienced. And same thing goes for your husband. He's experienced things, chunk black culture, rice culture, whatever it is, or just an absent father that's present. You know, when I mean an absent father that's present is that men were working, working hundreds of hours. They were coming home to be fed, to go to sleep and to, to, to discipline the kids. Your mom told me you gave a hard day, boom, 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 that's it, next day, out and about the next day, and doing things, or drinking, et cetera, and, and this is, you know, again, everyone's story with, with different cultures, and so that absent parent might make your husband a present parent, right, because he doesn't want to be an absent parent, but absent somewhere else, so maybe absent emotionally in certain areas, and not being attentive to you when you're having a bad mood, or you're triggered by something that was read, said, done etc because that part is absent so it is important that we work on ourselves individually because you can't fix it i i can't fix my husband and my husband has been through his own stuff you know he we he lost his mom november of 2019 so we're still reeling and dealing with it and how do you you cope with that and um what's he what his experiences were as a child versus my experiences as a child and and what i allowed but i gotta work on me That's that's what's more important. Yeah. To answer your question, you have to you gotta work on yourself first. First and foremost.
0: I love that. Because of whatever traumas that we might have, we feel like we need to defend ourselves. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I, I feel like I need to protect. Like I need to protect myself, protect others, protect, you know, whatever. And so I as a result. I'm really defensive with my husband. He'll say one little thing and I'm like, what? Yeah. You know, and and he's just like, wow, babe, like chill. <laughs> like, it's not that, you know, like relax. I wasn't trying to come at you. I was just trying to, you know, and he's, he's trying to help me grow. And I'm just like, oh, but you're criticizing me. And And again, I think that's a, a prevalent thing. How so in working on ourselves, I guess my question is, what what do you suggest? Like, where do you suggest we start? Like, what do you suggest? Um, you know, versus becoming defensive? Like, how do I get inward and say, Okay, you know what I mean? Like, take a step back. So I always try to tell my listeners, like, you know, when you when you want to react with your husband in love, when you want to give him grace, take a breath, take a step back Mm -hmm. and 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 think about it first. What what would you say there? Okay, so now we've heard a little bit about generational traumas, generational curses, and how we could potentially identify them by looking at our own histories of family and our past. But what this question was essentially getting at is... How do we know if we are being triggered by us personally? How do we know if something is happening and we're being triggered, or we recognize that uh, we're about to blow up over something and we recognize that it is probably something from our past that is being triggered? What do we say and do, and how is a way that we can? potentially respond in love versus our initial trigger reaction, our initial defensive reaction. And this is what Jamili says on this.
1: So in individual therapy, I've worked with so many different women. um, What I always say is you have to understand your mind-body connection. That is so important because what was the physical symptom you felt? before the reaction because your body reacts before your mind
0: mm. so
1: did you get hot were you did you have a headache were you flickering your teeth because some people like bite their lip lick their teeth pick their nail do something what were you physically doing before the emotional reaction comes out it's that mind-body connection you really have to like mindfulness is something that people have been talking about prayer through prayer through meditation but mindfulness is so important because you have to understand your mind-body connection because your body is reacting first your body is what holds the trauma. that is the first thing that holds the trauma if something smells feels similar to something and we're human and that's just the truth I know it I'll share even if my husband is about to say something that looks similar to me being defensive that you're going to criticize me because it feels like rejection because rejection is something I've been working on for years. Mm-hmm. Then my, my, I'm like, Oh, 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 mm-hmm. but I have to feel what's going on inside my body. And that's the first thing for listeners. And it, it is hard. You have to be able to pay attention. You're going to have up. You're going to, but once you do it, then go back and be like, Oh, I felt hot. My heart started racing. So when you go back and you pay attention to that, then you can be like, all right, I'm going to take a step back from it before I react. What is this? What is this telling me? I always say, what is this telling me? Or God, what is the lesson? That, mm-hmm. that, that is another thing. Like when I, I you know, I'm, I'm human. And mm-hmm. e- even as a clinician, you're still working on some of your own mm-hmm. stuff. I stop and I ask, God, what are you teaching me? What is the lesson here? But you have to take that step back. You have to, because if not, you're going to continue to react because you're not paying attention to everything else. You're just having the forefront, defense. Um, I'm I'm not going to be a victim anymore. That's all you have in your forefront, but you're not seeing everything else that it looked, it smelled. It's like, we call it the file system. We have a permanent file system in our head. And so when something looks similar, it goes, boom, I'm going to take this out. And that's how you're supposed to react. But you got to reteach that file. No, this is not what it is. I'm safe. I'm safe. And for you, I would say it's like a lot of self-affirmation on a daily saying, I'm safe, relationship anymore, I'm safe. My husband loves me, I am safe.
0: Okay, so I needed to pause here and make sure that I parked there for a minute. If you didn't catch it, I wanna make sure you caught what she said. She said, we need to retrain that file in our head, how we have this file system in our mind. And we need to retrain that file to let us know the truth we're safe right and she talks about using daily affirmations now i want what i wanted to touch on here is if you think this is a little woo if you are not sure and really can't wrap your head around or subscribe to that idea of retraining your file i offer you this romans 12 2 says do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So, the Bible itself lets us know that we can be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Science backs that up with the science of neuroplasticity. That is a whole other episode, not gonna completely get into it today, but essentially, what neuroplasticity teaches is that by training our mind, We can create new synapses, new um, brain neurons, something along those lines. I'm not the scientist. I would have to look up her work again. It is from a book that I've read by Dr. Caroline Leaf. She preaches on this a lot. She is really amazing. But basically what she teaches is that you can create new patterns in your brain. You can physically change, make physical changes in your brain, in your mind by retraining your thoughts. And she goes through a whole book of how to do that. And so I needed to park here and let you guys know because that was so powerful. This thing that we have that is triggering us in the back of our mind can be retrained if we teach ourselves to do that, if we recognize what it is and then give ourselves the truth, replace whatever that lie is with the truth and continually give us ourselves that affirmation. Wow. That's, um, I'm learning so much. Like I didn't even, it's so funny because I was going to prepare like a whole list of questions for you and then I'm like no nope. I wanted to just flow because I knew that so much was going to come out. Yeah. yeah. And so this has been really good. So then I okay, so so one that's like if you know what we just learned is kind of pay attention to your body signals to see if it's something that's been filed in the memory. Now, here's my second question. What if it's, if you're, so that's healing from past trauma, maybe before you got into marriage, what about something that maybe has happened in your marriage that, you know, so again, I can only use my example, but so sometimes for us, like a a trigger thing for a long time, and I've gotten past it, but a trigger thing for a long time would be like, oh, well, you're going to leave me again, kind of, you know, and it's like, it's not fair to him because we're working on that. That's something I've forgiven him for. And so they have moved past. And so it's not fair to hold things over his head. And so, and a lot of times what happens in marriage is when, before we've truly forgiven our spouse for a mistake that they've made in the past, we, we hold it over there, we hang it over their head, you know, whatever. And it's like, I noticed that the, like the true forgiveness is there when you stop holding it over their head, but that's a journey. So what would you say about that journey? Mm-hmm.
1: So I'm glad you said that because my husband holds that over my head. Again, this was like years ago in a relationship before marriage, where you don't want to be the victim, right? You don't want to get left because I was left. I was left by my son's father. So that traumatized the hell out of me. You left me via text message. I had, you know, with my son. So for me, it was just like the inkling of a of a boiling problem. Mm-hmm. I would be like, Oh, that's it, it's done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Mm-hmm. I'm done. So for him, it was that trauma. Where it's just like, How do I forgive you? Because all these years you always at the quick one at the big old problem, you're ready to leave me. It's you have to trust is important. You have to trust yourself first. If you don't trust yourself first, it's hard for you to trust anyone else. So you have to go to like a trust a meter and say, what do I trust about myself? What can I trust about myself? What can I be comforted in and let go? What, what, what tools and techniques can I use to feel comforted and trust? Whether that's through prayer, through your church, through your local community, through your friends, through working out, whatever it is internally that you can do to kind of trust. But forgiveness is something like you said, you have to be able to forgive yourself. Wow, you know, Jiminy, you were reacting this way and you were showing up ugly for your boyfriend then at the time, fiance, whatever, um, because of your own stuff. That's not his fault. It's not his fault. And so for him, he has to understand what was the reaction that you gave that he was quick to be like, I'm done. Mm -hmm. Was it the dismissiveness that he received in childhood? What did he experience that for him, he felt he had to run? It's a really understanding each other's perspectives. And it takes a while for you to sit there and be like, wow, he experienced this. And so before he gets abandoned or, or feels emotionally neglected or something, he's getting up to leave to like himself. <laughs> That's what we do. It's a protective barrier because vulnerability is, listen, vulnerability is like posting all your chichos and stretch marks on Instagram and be like, look at me, look at my hoo-ha. Like this is what it is. <laughs> That, that's what vulnerability is. Mm-hmm. It's hard because nobody wants that. Nobody wants the criticism. But when you're able to show vulnerability, especially in marriage, you see some transformation in healing Go on.
0: Wow. So good. <sighs> so good. Okay. Um can you talk to us? So we we just talked about like when we're holding the trauma against our husband and hanging it over our head. Um now what about the opposite? if he's doing it to us.
1: So if your partner is holding on your trauma and that's in gaslighting, that's either in a manipulative way. I mean, you would, you would have to kind of understand it when you start doing your healing, whether it's true, genuine, um, them not knowing how to connect with you as far as like, what's your trauma and how do we like help manage each other? Or is it yeah, that's why your parents did this. And that's why you need me because I'm giving you the best of the best and I'm doing this for you. That's gaslighting. That's not healthy for you. And, and if you choose, because I can't tell people to leave and and move on from their relationship, but if you choose to continue this unhealthiness, I am hoping that you bring your spouse along to get some help themselves and why they're gaslighting, why they are manipulating you. Why are they treating you this that? What are they hiding? Because usually when we gaslight somebody else in and, and, and true context and you, you pay attention to people in the streets, people, what they're saying, what internally are you feeling? What, 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 what's the shittiness? Excuse my language for this person. But what, what, what are you feeling inside internally that you have this bursting out? Because you feel like you have to place blame. You feel like you have to victimize everyone else because you haven't killed yourself either. And that is unhealthy for a person who's on a healthy um, trajectory because they will have multiple relapses. Now, if, if this person who's on this healthy um, trajectory tries to bring their spouse along to say, hey, this is what I'm noticing. Let's do couples counseling so that we can kind of address these things. then it's a whole different ballgame. Then you can see success and you can work on each other because perhaps they needed that support. Now, if it's unhealthy, if it's, it turns to violence, it turns to um, manipulation with holding funds, you know, intimate partner violence, then it, it, I would only recommend that you be safe, that you are safe, that your children are safe and you don't put yourself in an unsafe situation because you're still dealing with those traumas of being alone, not feeling valued, not feeling self-love, because that's where kind of it all boils down to.
0: Wow. Okay. So, um, because that's, I think that's so important because it's is one of the things that I talk about like you know I had an an episode on is your marriage worth saving and it's what it comes to is as long as those things so
1: funny I had
0: an episode <laughs> yes I li- married. <laughs> I, li- I listened to it too cuz I was like that's so funny and it was right around the same time we put out almost the same episode, you know it is like the same title but it was both very different content and for me it was like well, once you have identified that it's you're not in a, an abusive relationship and it was kind of like identify if you're in, in any sort of abusive relationship and if that's the case, that's a different story that needs a whole other set of help. Well, once you've identified that it's not, do these steps. So my question to you is you use the term gaslighting, but for a lot of my listeners, for myself even, can you break that term down a little bit for us? Like, what does that mean? What does that look like so that if... If my listener, it, she's listening and to how, how does she determine, okay, is this just my husband having his own past tra- trauma issues that he's bringing his baggage into marriage and vice versa, or is it t- crossing the line? You know what I mean? What's that line?
1: Yeah. So gaslighting is the simplest way is, is a person that makes you feel crazy. Mm. A person that's always placing blame on you for everything. You started the argument. Are you like, argument you were the one that came over here and you told me this and then i responded and so now you mad at me but you started it and they will start you always bring the problems you this you this you this It makes you feel crazy that you go back and you're like feel crummy about yourself or you're like did i crazy am i this like the simplest way is a person who will make part of the problem all the time a person who will not recognize at all any of their flaws and is always looking for something to play Oh, you did this. You forgot to put the dishwasher. It was you. 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 They never look and reflect upon. The most simplest way to kind of explain what gaslighting is.
0: Wow. That's, that's so good. I think that brings so much clarity for, you know, just, and in, in identifying, like, if your husband is doing yeah. it or identifying even if, if we do it. Because, even if, and even and if you if know, because sometimes, sometimes we do it. Yeah, we
1: do. And but gaslighting can also be part of a defense mechanism. Right. Because you don't want your, your um again, your your chichos and your stretch marks out there. You know, you don't want that vulnerability out there. So it's best for you to put this defense me- mechanism, but it's that whole wall where you're being mean to everyone and you are placing blame on every single person. You know, there's different levels to the gaslighting where you're doing it as a protective factor, but then there's the gaslighting that's like narcissistic, where it's just like, they will never recognize that they were wrong. Never, 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 never. A, a person who truly is, is a, like a narcissistic type gaslighter will forever find blame and place blame on everyone else. Uh, the other protective factor will, if they do the work in themselves, be like, man, I'm sorry, my bad. You know, I, I, I have to work on it. I was in a gaslit relationship when I felt all the time, you you never gonna find anyone to be with you. Look, um, at that time I was like really overweight. After I had my son, look at you, you're fat, you're this, you're this, you're this, you're this, you're this, you're that. Nobody's gonna be with you. You're crazy, Jamili. You're this, you and you, you. I'd be like, oh my god. And I was starting off in the field as social work. Like, how am I in the field as a social worker? And and this person would bring me to that point.
0: Wow. And so the other thing is, right, so if we're in a place in our relationship, and sometimes I think that there's this, like, gray area when you're in it, like, you don't know, like, okay, is this, is this normal? Or, you know, it's, it's normal. And now, now it's kind of like crossing the line or not. But it's, I think there's like, you know, there's one end of the spectrum that's obvious. And then, and, but there's so much gray area, what I try to teach on this, on this podcast is so much about our word choices. You know what I mean? Because we are, and it, it's funny that that's the term gaslighting. Cause one of the things that I talk about and teach is like, I heard in a kind of a leadership seminar and I've stuck with me ever since. And that's that we walk around as people, we walk around with a bucket of water, or a bucket of gas. And depending on somebody else's reaction, we can choose either to throw water on their fire or throw gas on their fire. Or if it's a different reaction where they're just like dead and there's, there's no reaction. In a case like that, you might want to throw fire to you know help them along. And so as you're speaking, like that's what I'm envisioning, right? So I'm envisioning we're in a situation where, you know, somebody is being gaslighted in me, whatever. And what are the, can you give us some, maybe some good word choices, things for our listeners to like, think about and say, okay, maybe next time if I experience this, I can take a deep breath and then, and, and start trying to articulate myself this way. Can you give any suggestion there?
1: So back to um, paying attention to your body. Okay what is the message that's being portrayed to me? And how am I feeling? How am I reacting to the message? Because is it true yet? So I don't want listeners to get mistaken. Is it true? Cause I don't want listeners to also go back and, and, and not pay attention to what people say. But so like consistency with like your mom, your sister or a friend telling you, you know what Beatrice, if you do this and you consistently do this and you never listen. We could come to you with a problem and you never listen and you jump in and you tell your story that's not gaslighting because that's multiple people bringing something to the surface to you yes. you need to recognize that you have to work on yes so I want to like put that disclaimer out there before people be like you gaslight me
0: right right mm-hmm.
1: you gotta work on you <laughs> yes okay with regards to um gaslighting it's paying attention back to your body what is this reaction what am I feeling you have to it the mind-body connection is, is very important so that you can decipher whether this is gaslighting. Is this continuous? Is this always being said? Um, And how am I being treated? How am I feeling after something is being said? So if you're still feeling, you know, a certain kind of way and you can't go back to your spouse, let's just say you feel like it's gaslighting, but you really don't know. And your spouse continues to tell you, you know, um, Jamili, you keep doing this and you keep doing this and you keep doing this and you keep doing this. And and I'm having a reaction because of my own past stuff. I have to go back and clarify the conversation, clarify the communication. When we talk about words, clarifying communication is important because I could go back and say, babe, um, what did you really mean by this? Can you help me understand? Can you help me understand is a very um, significant word because not everyone thinks the same. Not everyone processes the same. Again, we've all had different childhood experiences even if we've been raised in the same household. Everyone processes and retains information differently. So going back to clarify is very important. Very important.
0: That's so good. And I think your distinction between make sure, you know, don't go ahead and run out and call everything gaslighting, like make sure you're kind of looking through these distinctions are so important because I think that's, it's so prevalent. And that this is the part where, people don't talk about that. I want to shed light on because also let's be real. People don't go to therapy. You know what I mean? And so they'll, they'll, they'll listen to a podcast. I mean, even though the, the whole idea of like clicking play on a podcast that somebody else might, you know, find out that they listen to is even that is a big step. So thank you listeners for even clicking play, but that's an easier step. It's almost like it's a gateway, right? It's an easier step than actually going to therapy. And so, so many people don't get these like very basic, you know, just building blocks level things of becoming a healthy person. And becoming a healthy person in marriage, I feel really strongly that you should be a healthy person before you get married. But how we Right. That. We never do that. We exactly. Do. And so it's like, I could say that for my, my young, my, young, you know, I think my listeners, they're already married. They, they're already unhealthy and in it, you know? And so if I was speaking to a group of young women, I would talk to them about becoming a whole healthy person, like before you get married, but for the rest of us. <laughs> we're all messed up, you know, who got married early. And my husband, when I was 23, you know, so it's like, we we're all messed up and, and went into it unhealthy. Both of us went into it unhealthy and, and having that, that journey. And so I think everything that you said is just, oh, such gold.
1: So I'm going to give you one quick example. I have a, a, a a client that I work with an individual treatment and she's young, she's in her twenties, but she was like, I need help now to work on my past trauma because I eventually want to get married and have kids. And I'm just like, you know, great. Yes. Um, but one of the the sessions that we've been doing, um, which has been really helpful, which I do like a lot of cognitive behavioral therapy kind of work is an, the iceberg model. The iceberg model is so important because there's that surface, right? What's here on the tip of the iceberg, which is that emotion. So, Um, whether that's anger, that's the tip of the iceberg There's always anger, but below the iceberg, there's multiple emotions, rejection, resentment, fear, abandonment, sadness, this, that, that when you start looking at all those things that are in the surface, contribute to that iceberg. So we look at marriage, unhealthy, healthy, in between healthy, fake it till you make it, whatever. As, as the tip, you got to look at the bottom, what's on the surface, his traumas, your traumas, childbearing issues, which brings a lot of issues in marriages, financial issues. We have to look at it that way. And I would say to listeners, if you want to kind of see what's in the surface of your marriage, draw an iceberg, put in the tip of the iceberg, just, you know, healthy and healthy marriage or whatever, whatever it is, arguments, perhaps it's arguments all the time. You guys love each other. You know, you love each other deeply, but you always argue right arguments. But then on the surface of it, start delineating what is it that you feel? Are you feeling rejection? Are you feeling like he's going to leave you again? Are you feeling like, you know, the money isn't right? Or it's been a struggle to have a kid or you have a kid that, that, that special needs Mm -hmm. or whatever it is, or the in-laws are living with you because now, you know, we we're, we're starting to take care of our parents. You know, the older you get all those different factors, put them there. And try to see what is what what is contributing to the arguments
0: yes, so good, so then one of the last things that I think would be important to distinguish is um, because so many people don't so many people don't go to therapy, I think because they don't recognize that they need it and then and other people like myself i've been through therapy, so there's a lot of self work that I've done already. And so I I love the iceberg model, you know, and I've seen it before. And so I've already identified a lot of that stuff, you know, under the water. So for me, you know, what I do in coaching is is different than what a therapist would do, right? So what I do in coaching is for those people who've kind of like, they they kind of know a lot of what their own issues are and they're ready to kind of move forward with, mm-hmm. okay, I know what my issues are, now I'm ready to move forward. Mm-hmm. But for those who maybe are hearing this and for the first time going, oh my God, you know, like light bulb going on, oh my gosh, I didn't realize. Um, what would you say, how, how can you help a person identify like, do I really need to go to therapy or, you know what I mean? Like, are, is there, do you have any kind of thoughts there for whatever, or somebody who maybe for the first time is going, man, maybe I do need to go to therapy before, you know, I start doing all this other work.
1: I'll give you a simple word, insanity. The definition yes. of insanity is when you keep doing the same thing over and over and over and over and over again, expecting different results. And it's not the best way to describe it. When you start seeing yourself, And these cycle patterns of behaviors in your marriage, with your child, with your parents at work, your, your boss and every other boss and every other coworker has told you that this is the problem. And you think you're fixing it, but you're not fixing it. sis. it's time for some therapy. you got to really work on what is going on. If you feel like there's just that revolving cycle, you can't get out of emotionally as well. You know, in the wintertime, I talk about, um, seasonal affective disorder in, in, in my podcast. Where, you know, during seasons, October, November, people start going dwindling down with their with their depression and anxiety and start treating other people poorly. So if you see this happen every year and you see yourself not in relationships during that time, this is part of it.
0: You gotta lose wow. insanity. Wow. So good. This has been such an amazing conversation. I am so excited to oh, uh, listeners, oh my goodness. <laughs> so excited for you
1: this has been so excited to even yes. be here and share this you know on a cafecito yes. bright Saturday
0: morning exactly <laughs> Lee, will you tell my listeners where to find you and then also if you do um, do you do any so if they're listening and they're like I love this girl I love her vibe mm-hmm. I want to talk to her do you do any sort of like online you know something where they could do therapy sessions via zoom like talk to me about that go ahead let them know
1: so, if you must ask, <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on Instagram. I got two pages. Um, both are uh, um, beauty, B E A U T Y underscore in underscore behavior on Instagram, and then um, my podcast page, which is I am Beautious Me and Beautious Me. You spell it B E A U T E O U S M E. They're both on Instagram. Email me at info at iambbeautiousme dot com. Right now, um as I'm hitting the year mark with the podcast, I'm going to branch off to do coaching, so I'm in the process of that in order to provide support. If you live in new york um i do I am working um especially for minorities um black and brown folks doing mental telemental health. so if you're in New York because I'm licensed in New York, I could only provide the service in New York, but you know, with the coaching, it'll be a whole different thing. so the coaching process is in in there, but um with the uh, New York, you can come find me on the page and i also I'll direct you where to go.
0: So there you have it, folks. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Jimily and I. I hope my little interjections were helpful because quite honestly, in going through the conversation, there was just so much going on in my head f- with this topic because I have so much experience in it, having been in it. And having worked with other people in it, and like I said I was I am not a trauma expert, so it was really interesting to go through a lot of this. A couple of takeaways. we talked about intergenerational trauma or generational curses and how this has shaped our lives. We've talked about the need to protect oneself from traumas in the past talked about the mind body, connection and how the body holds the trauma. We talked about re-teaching or transforming our minds by uh, re-teaching our brains away from the trauma and back to today's truth. Uh, We talked about healing from trauma, trusting ourselves, forgiving ourselves, and getting both partners understanding of what the triggers are so that we can be in a place of vulnerability and trust. We learned about gaslighting, manipulation, how to identify it, what is true gaslighting and what is not. We learned about some good word choices if we are being gaslit in in a way. Uh, Some of those were what did you really mean and can you help me understand? Those were some good clarifying, questions we talked about becoming healthy before we get married and recognizing when is it that we might actually need therapy or trauma therapy i hope that was as helpful to you as it was for me like always if you found any value in today's show please please share it that is really the way the word gets out like it review it you can do all those things but sharing it really makes a world of difference thank you so much and until next week hey love thank you for listening to today's show if you found any value in today's episode it would mean the world to me if you left a five-star review and shared it with a friend or someone else who needed to hear this today This is really the best way you can thank me. It helps me to get the word out to other women just like you. See you next week.